Welcome back to the show. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for listening and your continued listenership. It's always appreciated. And we have a surprise for you. Another podcast episode. This award-winning podcast episode that you're about to listen to is going to blow your socks off. Blow your mind, hopefully, and open it up to some new possibilities. But anyway, before we get into the show, if you wouldn't mind just taking like two minutes and liking and sharing uh, the podcast, like and share the Facebook link that you maybe found this podcast from, or like and share on our YouTube page if you're checking that out. Guys, it just takes two seconds, but it helps us out tremendously. It lets us know what kind of topics you guys are interested in, what kind of guests you guys prefer to have on the show. It's very informative. Uh, all the analytics data is very, very useful for customizing this podcast to your likes. So please like and share that stuff. Also, uh, donate to the podcast, guys. Please, please, please. Um, give it's one of the best ways that you can generate karma or merit Uh, i don't take any profits from this podcast whatsoever all of it goes back into the show to make the message better for you guys and to help get our guests here from further distances away Uh, we're working on uh, getting a number of high profile guests here uh, but it just requires uh you know paying their speaking fees and things like that so please donate if you want some of those um, higher profile guests and as always please go to our youtube page that's m-i-n-d hyphen o-p-s it's the mind ops youtube page there you're going to find all sorts of um, links to playlists that I've made about all these topics that we talk about. Lots of cool videos, informational videos to kind of dig a little bit deeper into some of the topics if you have questions. Um, there are also uh, these podcast episodes up there on YouTube. And uh, as you may have noticed, you know, we're still new to this thing and we're still um, new to the whole audio and video aspects and the editing. So, You'll notice that some of the YouTube videos are much shorter than the actual podcast episodes. That's kind of a bonus that you get from listening to the audio through the podcast apps is that you get the entire episode, including all the extra content that I put into it. Um, I really spend a lot of time doing this for you guys and uh, you get it all through the podcast stuff. So make sure that you guys like and share through that and donate through that. Um, But uh, take it a little easy on me when you guys see the videos. Uh, I'm really working hard on editing it. And um, sometimes, you know, the camera or uh, user error messes things up and you'll notice some of the videos are shorter than the podcast. That's because uh, I messed something up and the the camera um, shut itself off or something. So still working through a lot of those little details and relying on friends and family and the internet and all sorts of resources that I can to try and learn as much as I can about these systems so that I can kind of uh, tinker with them a little bit more efficiently and make them better for you guys, okay? So thank you guys for listening to the show. Sit back, relax, and uh, tune in. Turn up your volume. Let's get ready to do this thing. But first, a word from our sponsor. Conversations with the Mind podcast is sponsored by MindOps.com. You can find us at www.mind-ops.com. We're an eclectic counseling company providing mental health and mental performance services to individuals, small and large groups, teams, businesses, military, through face-to-face sessions or at a distance using phone or confidential video chat apps.
We bring a unique Buddhist Western lens and specialize in general psychotherapy for all mental difficulties, sport and performance psychology for performance enhancement, addiction counseling for any maladaptive or destructive habits, and psychedelic integration therapy to make the most from your visionary medicine work. We are available as well for corporate workshops to address the needs of your employees' wellness. And now to the good news story. All right, into the good news story. This one is on the goodnewsnetwork.org. So it's a national or worldwide story, but it is local to Colorado, which I think is freaking awesome. And uh, I know I just like came across this article and um, I'd actually seen some of this stuff going on. So uh, tune in and see if um, this is something that you guys have have experienced too. So the name of the article reads, Dad has been using his town's roadside message board to make thousands of people laugh. And um, I saw these things on Facebook. Uh, It's like this message board on the side of the highway for Indian Hills Community Center. And uh, I always see these what look like memes, um, but is somebody actually changing that highway sign uh, to say all these like really cheesy jokes. Okay, so it uh, turns out that this guy, um, his name is Vince. I'm going to totally uh, mispronounce this. Rose Miarek. Vince Rose Miarek. Uh, he said he started volunteering as, off, uh, as the manager of the, of the message board six years ago and just started um, you know, putting up regular kind of announcements. And then on April Fool's, he put up a joke and got huge response from it. So... Um, this city only has a population of a, of about a thousand people, but so far, uh, let's see, he has over over eighty thousand, eighty four thousand followers uh, in over fifty four countries on Facebook, which is incredible. So uh, he just started putting up these jokes, and he has like this secret stash of joke books that he. He puts on there, and he takes his job very seriously, and um, someone from the community thought that it should be shared elsewhere. So they put it on Facebook and created a Facebook page for him, um, and it was pretty cool. It went viral, and uh, I know I've seen it a bunch of different times, and they always make me smile. Uh, They always make me laugh. So uh, let's see. Um, So he seems very mindful about his his joke – Selection and it just kind of points to how awesome it can be um, to engage in humor or some kind of thing to make someone else laugh uh, or smile. I think that if we all had just a basic everyday goal of making at least two people smile that day, um, I think that would make the world so much better place if we just tried to make other people smile, whether that be through jokes or humor or um, you know, doing a nice deed or holding the door or simply smiling at someone else in passing can get someone else to smile as well. And we all know how smiling can affect mood and overall health. So let's try and spread that around this week. That's going to be part of my homework assignment is to follow up uh, in spirit of this gentleman um, and try and make people smile on a daily basis. Let's see if you guys can do it too. Okay, so the conversation with my mind this week that I want to talk about is about breaking and changing um, different mentalities, okay? And specifically, um, I've been thinking about a very specific type of mentality that I've been trying to change, and this is because uh, I'm coming up on my one-year 
wedding anniversary next week um, on September 3rd. And up until I got married, um, actually, yeah, right up until I got married, I had been engaging in this mindset of um, mine, okay? So like an individualistic, um, you know, these possessions that I've dragged around with me as I've moved from place to place, these are mine. These dogs are mine, um, you know, things like that. You know, my my finances are mine, Um and prior to getting married, I wanted to take kind of a proactive approach. And so I went out and sought out um, couples counseling uh, about a year. So right after we got engaged, I sought out, uh, we sought out couples counseling just as kind of like a preventative measure. We wanted to, we were already getting along great, but we wanted to make sure we had a really strong foundation, uh, especially of communication and understanding and trust before we actually got married. So we did couples counseling for about a year up until we got married. We still do it today. It's still continued. But um, this is one of the things that I've been working on and has been one of my goals, uh, one of my personal goals that I've kind of brought to the table is how do I uh, change my mindset from a mind mentality, an individualistic perspective, which I've you know, endorsed for my entire life being a s- single unmarried male, um, and practicing independence and being told that practicing independence is healthy. How do I switch from that into an hours mindset? So now, now I'm married, you know, um, now financially, legally, uh, she and I's finances are one in the same. Um, you know, how do I transition my thinking from a mindset of, you know, these possessions that I brought to this house that we just moved into and rented. These were my possessions, but we're married. So these are our possessions. And how do I learn to let go of my possessiveness over a lot of material goods? And how do I let go of possessiveness over being the only, uh, you know, parent of my two dogs? You know, um, I raised them from pups and, um, you know, how do I allow my wife to take on the role of, uh, you know, another alpha in the house um, with them? You know, this, these are all challenging things for me that I'm working on. And, and how do I uh, let go of this? It's almost like a scarcity mentality, the mind mentality, you know, like there's never going to be enough of something or I have to protect it in order um, to prevent someone from taking it from me. Um, in my history, I have quite a few examples of people taking advantage of me and um, a couple instances in my life um, when I've had friends like rip me off for tens of thousands of dollars and I never pay it back and things like that and so that in uh, in and of itself is a trust rebuilding thing all right I have to learn how to retrust general society and retrust family and friends and retrust everybody really um because for a long time, I felt like I was the only one I could rely on. I was the only person I could trust. I was the only person who I knew was not going to cheat myself. And if I was going to cheat myself, at least I'd know about it uh, because it's me doing it. Whereas, you know, so many times I put trust in other people and would be cheated or um, cheated on or taken advantage of and not know that it was happening to me until, you know, until it had been going on far too long, you know, and the damage had been really done. So 
how do I change this mindset from a mind mentality to a ours mentality? And the things that I've been really working on, definitely my meditation. So I go into my meditation with this uh, intentional question of figuring out, you know, how do I transition from mind to ours? And I've been shown a few things. Um, I also try and, you know, practice mindfulness around it. So when I notice myself getting possessive or like, um, I don't know, um, my, if I'm micromanaging around the house or something or, or feel a twinge when... Uh, you know, one of my possessions gets used and doesn't get put back in the right place or whatever, you know, I, I try and catch myself in those moments and, and really try and, you know, ask myself, is this really important? And, um, also try and remember the larger goal that I'm trying to work on is that I do want to be unified completely, uh, as much as I can with my wife. I think that's the, the, purpose of marriage and for the longest time I was starkly against marriage because I think that I felt I believed in that unity between two souls um, where the sum or the the parts come together to make the sum greater than the two parts and uh, how two individuals can come together and each individual can um, reach peaks in performance and peaks in understanding far greater uh, than they ever would had they been on their own because the other person pushes them to develop these these parts of themselves. So I always believed in that piece, but I was very disappointed with how um, different systems in society had really tainted uh, what marriage meant to me coming coming up uh, and trying to understand it and and see that you know. You know, why is the legal system tied in with marriage? And why is religion telling me what I can and can't do in in a wedding or who I can and cannot marry? And all this stuff really turned me off of the idea of marriage and then in turn uh, turned me off of the idea of unifying my being with someone else. Um, And it's been an amazing process for me to try and open up to the possibility that I am not complete without that op, you know without that complementary opposite there uh, my wife or you know in some cases my brother or, or other people in my life that I used to reflect off of me and, and grow and learn to new heights that I never could have without them so I'm really trying to remember those things those things that I'm going for and uh, try and because I've never been there you know I don't know what it's going to be like to completely embrace this hours mentality and it's kind of scary it's kind of scary to think about giving up your independence as a person um, but you know I I think I was thinking about it a little too black and white in that I don't have to give up my independence completely in order to be more open um, and uh, to be more connected to my uh, significant other. Okay, so I can give up. I'm going to have to give up some independence. That's part of the sacrifice. Um, but from that sacrifice, I feel like it's going to pay out much, much more than it would have um, had I gone it alone. Um, I've had a couple visionary states too that have kind of shown me. Um, forks in the road in my life where, you know, if I choose one path and stay, uh, stay a bachelor, stay alone, then I'm going to be miserable um, by older age. But, 
if I engage and open up and embrace this softer side of myself and, and open myself to being unified with someone else, someone who really cares for me, then my life will be fulfilling and happy and joyous. Uh, so that's kind of what's come to me in these visionary states. But something to toy around with a little bit. I don't know if you guys are dealing with this mind hours uh, dichotomy mindset. Um, and it shows up in different areas. You know, I just used my uh, marriage as one example. Uh, but it can also show up in work situations or, um, you know, if you're an athlete on a team, shows up in a team mentality you know is this uh, time for me to excel in training and practice or am I here to help everyone else develop as well um, in embracing that hours mentality it seems like when more people collectively embrace that hours mentality then um, everybody succeeds at far uh, not higher rates but at, at much greater capacities so think about it toil it over let me let me know what you think um, I also wanted to read you guys a a real quick quote and just uh, get you guys to start thinking about some other questions um, and question yourself. So I come up with these quotes or I come across these quotes in a variety of readings that I read and they get me thinking for sure. And so I write them all down. I have a journal, a notebook that I write down these sayings in and I keep them for many, many years. Uh, and I like to go back from time to time and... Um, just reflect on them and this is one that I came across recently that I'm going to add to my collection so I'm going to read it to you guys um, and I hope that you take it and ponder it yourself maybe take it into a meditation okay here we go the critical psycho-spiritual question is how to stop translating new content into old patterns and actually start experiencing things in a fresh way the first step in this process is to become experientially aware of what until now have been unconscious processes of assimilation. And this quote is uh, by Aronson. So it's only two sentences long, but it's really powerful. I feel like it. the first sentence um, talks about this, this critical uh, question, foundational question that we all need to ask ourselves, but that a lot of us fail to ask ourselves, which is, how do I take all this new information that I'm accumulating every day through every interaction and every website that I read and every book that I read and every TV show that I see and all the news and everything, how do I translate all this new content into um, new fresh ways of thinking, into novel ideas, into uh, new patterns, right? Because if we're just translating new data, new information into old patterns, uh, especially old patterns that are not serving us, then what the hell are we doing, guys? What are we doing with this new information? We are not using it to its full capacity. So that first sentence is super important, right? So we got to figure out how do we take all this information and translate it into something useful. Uh, first, we got to become aware that we are taking in a lot of information and we're learning from literally everything, guys. There's formal learning. There's informal learning every single instant in your waking and unconscious life is full of learning opportunity. So paying attention is the first step. And that's the second sentence. So this is the first step in this process is to become experientially aware of what now, uh, what until now has been unconscious processes. So wake up, pay attention. The first step in the process is always recognizing that there's a problem, paying attention. So become experientially aware. 
That means don't just think about it, but live into it. So when you notice something come up for you and you're living in um, unconscious or an old pattern or process, become mindful of that and stop yourself. Take a break. Take a pause and become aware of it in the experience. Okay? It's only through realizing these unconscious processes of assimilation are happening that you can change them. If you don't even pay attention to them in the first place, then there's no there's no possible way of changing them into the most optimal for yourself. Okay? So um, that was a conversation with my mind. Hope you liked it. It was fun just to kind of riff. Uh, our guest today, very special guest. Um, this is my dear friend for a long time, Ben Mangina. He is, um, let's see, how long have I known Ben? Um, I think I've known Ben for close to 20 years. I met him when I was about 18, 19. And um, I met him through my tattoo artist who was in a band with him. Um, they were in a band uh, called Shallow Habit back in the day. Um, and then Do Unto Others and things like that. Uh, really interesting, really interesting kind of history. And I don't, I don't think we went too far into it. But I wanted to have Ben on because he's fascinating. He's got a lot of awesome things going on in his life and I really wanted to get his perspectives on life and mastery and consciousness and all these things. Um, Ben's a very spiritual person but he takes his spirituality more from Native American spiritualism, specifically uh, the Lakota, uh, which I've also been involved with uh, during a variety of uh, ceremonies with the Lakota um, people. and. Uh, he's a very spiritual person, so we get into that. We talk about Native American spiritualism, how it affects uh, his concepts of consciousness. We talk about his music and his drumming, which he's been doing for 29 years. So definitely some mastery in there. And we'll learn all about uh, injury rehabilitation and motivation and how do you continue with your passion even when uh, things just don't seem to be going well. Uh, Ben's also a father of two, and we talk about that and... Uh, his experiences in parenting um, as a single father, very interesting stuff. I'm fascinated by that because I, too, want to have kids. And uh, most of all, I wanted to have Ben on because he, like myself, is an explorer of life's biggest existential questions like uh, where do we come from, where are we going, what is this thing, what is reality, and um, I don't know. It was just a great conversation. So um, buckle up and get ready for this award-winning episode with Ben Mangina. Here we go. This is the Conversations with the Mind podcast, where we explore consciousness through conversations with interesting people. Our mission is to engage the collective mind piece by piece to bring greater clarity of mind to our listeners locally and across the planet, and to contribute to broaden the shared experiential knowledge and wisdom of existence. All right, folks, welcome back to Conversations with the Mind. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Shane Lamaster, as always, and we're sitting here with special guest, Ben Mangina. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, Shane. Thanks for having me, man. Sure. Uh, it's a long time coming. Yes, it is. I mean, we've been friends for how long? Oh, many, many years, man. Man, since the Loveland days. Yeah. I don't even know. 15 or more? Easily. Yeah. 
Well, welcome. Ah, thank you, man. I'm Thanks excited to. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to record this, uh, not just for posterity's sake, and but it's been a long time. We have a lot of catching up. Yes, we do. Um, so the first question I always start out with is the same question for every guest, and that is, what does the conversations with the mind title of the podcast mean to you? As far as like a phrase, like when you hear that, what does it mean to you? It means exploration, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, trying to find different ways and different aspects of living your life uh, to the fullest you can you can do and and what resonates for you personally mm. you know perhaps and what comes to mind for you right away because uh, you i mean you're a man of many talents like like uh, yeah. they would have heard it just in the intro you know uh, about your business and your um, your drumming and fatherhood and all these things uh it's hard to be a master of all those things at once it is but it <laughs> takes patience sure. dedication you know all those things and conversations with the mind kind of portrays that for me mm-hmm. you know uh, allows me to say I don't have to live this tunnel vision of the day-to-day go to work you know uh, come home and just repeat I can I can take the time to find out who I am throughout all of, all of these things you mm-hmm. know that I'm doing every day um, because it's the choices that I make mm-hmm. uh, you know and this is a great outlet for for that sort so, of thing so conversations for you is literally like Having that conversation and, yeah, you use the right words, like exploring. Yes. Um, I think that that's, I mean, everybody knows who listens to this by now that I'm just fascinated by consciousness and reality and existence and all these things. And it's fascinating to me, those topics, but it's also kind of fascinating to me how people aren't so interested in in these big questions. Like... uh, or maybe they are, and they just don't talk about it. Um, don't know how to approach it. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. That's why we're all searching, I think. That's sure. why we have you know, all the different uh, religions and beliefs that we do, because I think we're all technically searching for those unanswerable questions. You know? I hope so. Um, but, I, man, I just get this feeling that some people are, are so focused on the day-to-day, and like you said, exactly. the 9-to-5, and get mm-hmm. stuck in this trap. I do too. Like I find myself numerous times in every day, like going about automatically what society tells me I should be doing. Like after this, like I have, I have meetings with uh, people, um, and I mean it's Sunday. It's the weekend. It's the day. Why am I? Why am I working? Well, you know, why am I doing this stuff? But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for. It feels like there's like a consciousness revolution a little bit. Yeah. In that. um, I can see that. I don't know, maybe it's just the people that I choose to surround myself with that do talk about it, um, or that people come up to me and talk to me about it, oh, but um, I don't know, there are those people out there that I think are are too trapped. Do you ever feel like you were, you got oh, trapped in that? Of course, yeah. of course, man. Um, you know, even to this day, just like you say, you know, I'm, I'm still doing what I have to do, because, you know, being a, a father and raising my daughters, I have, to, I have to take care of them, I have to do what I have to do, you know, every day. So, of course, I'm stuck in there. So I always take the time to sit back for a minute, you know, when I have that time and say, hey, Hmm. you know, it's okay. You know, I can do other things. I can look at other things. I can spend that time for me. Sure. You know, meditation, those kind of things. And that's that's great, but um, I I can't tell you how many times I've heard clients come up to me and just say, I don't have time in the day to do it. You know, my, my life is too busy. I don't have 
five minutes. I don't have 10 minutes to just sit down and quiet my mind for a little bit and explore through meditation or through mm -hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I have kids, I have a job, I have all these things. I don't have time. Um, how do you, because I know how I go about it, but how do you uh, go about creating this time for yourself? I, you know what I do? Such, I mean, you, you, you're, uh, you have family and yeah. business and all these things. Yeah. I, I... I kind of schedule my day, you know. I, I make sure that I I put certain times on what I do and when mm -hmm. I do it and how I do it. You know, I know I have to be at work um, and still on the safety rails from 6 o'clock to, to 3 o'clock. So I know I'm doing that, but then after that, you know, I have, I know, kind of block it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, I'm going to spend this 20 minutes just chilling. Yeah, I have to. You know. So you you literally schedule it. In. I do, and I I think I have That's to what do, I do that too. because it's like a self motivation thing. Because I I do tend to um, not do things for myself because I do feel like I don't have the time for that, or I do, I need to take care of my girls, and, mm -hmm. and um, uh, so I <laughs> so I do uh, I do have to block it in, schedule it in, write it you know write it in there, and mm -hmm. say yeah, I have to do it because if I don't, I just won't. Right. Yeah. I literally have to schedule it or um, I, I'm fortunate that I uh, am a professional therapist and I get to use um, meditation in my practice mm -hmm. as well with my clients and so on the days where I am working I you know I'm doing anywhere from three to ten ten minute meditations throughout the day right just yeah. a little bit so I'm just fortunate enough to have figured out how to work it into my work as well like it's beneficial for the client for sure um but it's also beneficial it helps, for me yeah, too. it helps you too yeah um, absolutely yeah. so i have to schedule it or i figure out how to cre like creatively integrate it into my life i've i've suggested to clients like if you if you're busy with parenthood make it a family affair mm -hmm. like do a family meditation every day for five minutes you know make it like a normal thing so when there's an emotional outburst instead of punishing and you know um sending them to their room, you say, you need to go meditate for 10 minutes on that. What did you just do, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that would be a lot more helpful. But even more so these days, at least, what I'm really trying to do is find or catch those moments in everyday life, you know, in the monotony of everyday life, you know, going to work, doing, uh, right now we're moving, so packing boxes, uh, you know, all the everyday life, walking the dogs, and finding the little moments in that where I can reach those meditative states also reach those yeah. levels of self-care and Take relaxation breath and exactly and just like mm -hmm. really enjoy it what yeah. i'm doing um i, I agree with that yeah. I, I do i really do i think it's important you know i i strongly believe that we are all we we make our choices we, we control what we do and how we decide to do them you know nobody else can do that you know, we always point the finger at other people. You yeah. know, we tend to do that a lot. But if you really think about it, we make our own choices. Mm -hmm. You know, and if and I always believe if this person can do this, then so can I. Why can't I do it? You know, we're all the same. We right. really are. So if if I see and surround myself with people, you know, that are interested in the same things, um, I see how they take the time out of their day to work on themselves however they want to do it and I say well you know if they're doing it I can do it mm -hmm. you know and I, I apply that with everything in my life you know mm -hmm. so that's why I'm able to accomplish so much and do everything that I'm doing 
currently mm-hmm. to reach those really higher goals that I have. Sure, man. I think I've done that too. Like, um, told myself the same thing. Like, if they can do it, why not me? Why can't I do it? You know, mm-hmm. I have similar skill sets or whatever. But then there's other times when I've had that same thought and compared myself to uh, people that, you know, it's a it's an outlandish claim to say that I'm anywhere close or ever could be uh, just because of genetic talent or whatever. Like, if I'll say, uh, you know, I'm just like everybody else, um, but I, uh, you know, I can lift a thousand pounds like Shaq or something mm-hmm. because he can do it. Yeah, right. Like, I'm going to rip my arms off. But, you know. But I think if... If you really took the time, the, you had the patience, the dedication, and mm. and you you worked towards that, you could probably at least get very close to reaching those goals. You might not have, you know, the height and just the body frame that he has to do such a thing. But I mean, but for your height and your body type, you can accomplish yeah. what you can do. And I think life is technically ninety percent mental, right? It really is. I mean, that, you know, you got people who are maybe have a certain talent to be like the president they just they were born with this understanding of politics and they have a knack for it but I think it also if you took the time educated yourself and you really worked towards it you can still accomplish those same things you just might not have that natural you know mm-hmm. something uh, that that one person has like with with me and uh, being a drummer I was born with drumsticks I, I know it. You said you started at, what, four years old? Uh, I was or in fourth, fourth, grade, grade, fourth grade, so t- ten, yeah. you know? Um, I just, I come from a long line of music, mm-hmm. you know, my mom and my grandfather. I didn't know that about you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's, your, uh, where's your family from? Uh, I mostly grew up in Illinois, that's where... Well, prior to uh, the United States. Italy. Italy. Yeah, yeah. So coming from Italy yep. to the Midwest bunch of musicians what were the styles of your uh, relatives because I know your style your style I mean I've I spent the last heavy heavy metal right (laughs) spent the last uh, almost two decades enjoying it very much well my uh, you know I think it was just they they really played for the time that they were Mm -hmm. living in the era you know I mean I um, I know my my mom because I was just around her mostly all of it but you know she she did a lot of her own music and grew up in you know in the 60s and 70s so a lot of her music sounded like you know Stevie Nicks and mm. her own you know nice I don't know my mom's just good you know so what does she play? Uh, sings piano guitar uh, I believe she played the accordion wow uh, you know a long time ago yeah so um, she uh, she allowed me to get my first drum set very young and let me play, which I, to me was a godsend because that allowed me to be where I'm at now, mm-hmm. you know, as a drummer. So, yeah, but I know so many kids growing up who whose parents gave them drum sets and then they had it for like a year or two and then quit. Like, right? Like it's it's a high dropout rate. It's a it very hard um, position in a band physically to play the drums for however long your set is. I mean, when you first start playing, maybe you're playing 15 minute sets, feeling yeah. good, but I mean, you start playing 45-minute hour, you know, looking at, in my my eyes, the best drummers, like, from Tool and things like mm-hmm. that, where they're playing, like, two, three-hour sets, yeah. just wailing, you know. they You have to be in incredible shape, have incredible focus. Like you said, the mental part comes in so much because most people would have quit. Most people did quit yeah. long, long ago. <laughs> so that's my co-host, Ty. <laughs> 
He always seems to make an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, that's all right. Right. No, yeah, he, right. he likes Ty, come here. Um, but yeah, dude, like, there's a there's a mastery to it, and I'm. It's amazing that you feel so fortunate that that your mom could be a, a part of like instilling that in you and yeah. and what did your uh, you said your grandfather grandmother grandfather yeah, yeah. I, like? I think he played the guitar nice um, and that was probably what early 19 something oh yeah um, 1940s probably so yeah I mean my mom was born in the mid 50s okay so yeah somewhere around that time you know nice so she got her music from him and I got my, I think my ability. But see, my brother too. He plays the guitar, but he he put it down. You know, he, his his priorities and his life, his path took him somewhere else. Mm. Mine, I I drove myself to want to be a drummer. You know, that's I just had that passion, that flame inside of me. So that's where my what path started took that? me. Like, was I, I it a, know, somebody man. that you saw drumming, and you're like, oh my god, I have to be like that as a kid? No, I don't know what it was. I. Uh, I started listening to, you know, oh man, bands like uh, Metallica, Megadeth, and Iron Maiden, you know, and uh, listening to them play. And, so fast. And it, for back then, for, it was so for fast. That, yeah, it was a completely different style, you know, and then I, of course I got into Slayer and all of those, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, I was fascinated. My, my ear just went to the drums, man, and I was like, I, I love it, you know, so... I don't know really what started, but just listening, just hearing music, mm-hmm. and getting into it. And I, I did have a, a friend that I grew up with. His, uh, his name was Harley. He, uh, he was really into a lot of death metal, and you know, he grew up with more of that. The early days, like you know, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen them Morbid once. Angel, all those, you yeah. know, those guys. And I just, he was a, a big influence in my life. So I think because of that, I kind of wanted to emulate a lot of things that he was into mm-hmm. and it really got me into it mm-hmm. you know and it's it's stuck and now i you know that's where my soul is at right <laughs> you well, know once you do something for so long mm-hmm. it's hard to think of how your life could be without it yeah. um yep man what an amazing story of development i i th- i you know i want to get to cuz you know similar for me for martial arts like I got exposed to it early on by my mom you know I think she was just trying to expose me to a bunch of different things uh, mm-hmm. so I jumped in at like uh, I think preschool and some karate and stuff and then um, you know almost 20 no third over like 32 30, 31 years of martial arts wow um, something like that um, just all sorts of different things and you know when I was a little kid um, you know, it was just something fun to do, something active. But then seeing like movies, like for me, it's like uh, my mom was in a Steven Seagal, so watching that and Jean Claude Van Damme and um, you know, Bruce Lee movies yeah. and things like that, and just being like, like as a kid, like with my mouth open watching the TV, just jaw on the floor, like I want to do that, you know. Um, and I think it was you know finding early successes that kept me going when I wanted to quit, you know? Because exactly. I remember as a kid saying, like, no, I don't want to go to practice today, you know? Billy just punched yeah. me in the face yesterday. <laughs> no, I don't want to go, you yeah. know? And then still going, or wrestling practice in middle school or high school. Dude, those things were brutal. Like, cutting weight and having the whole team rolling you up in the wrestling mat 
um, you know, until you sweat it out, you know, for a couple hours in this claustrophobic wrestling mat. It's it's brutal. But see, you did it. But I did it, and it made me who I am, and I'm very grateful for Absolutely. it. You know, um, but it, at the time, you know, there were there were times that I wanted to quit. So for you, like, what specifically for you, like, what kept you going all these years besides the passion? The passion has to be there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know what kept I, it going? Similar for you, the successes, the the recognition. Uh, you know, I remember. It's like I have some value now. People people are looking yeah, at me like I, I remember. I was taking drum lessons. Oh, maybe seventh grade, I think. And uh, I had to do this jazz piece um, from this book. It was just me on stage, just by myself on this kit, you know. And I remember doing it, man, and I got a standing ovation. From, wow. these, from the crowd, these people. It was just a bunch of, you know, families and parents of kids that were just, you know, performing in their drum lesson stuff. And even my dad showed up. My dad doesn't, he doesn't play music, you know, but he, again, was very supportive. And, you know, I, it was probably harder for him to listen to me play the drums growing up. But, uh, he's, you know, he was still there, too. And I think having that support from the family, you know, even my dad, um, and seeing the reaction and then starting to play shows I started I started in band you know like a like a band band 15 years old it was my first band that I was ever in and, and you're talking like like garage band stuff yeah band, right? not like yeah. marching band right yeah okay. yeah just like an actual you know right right um, like a group of group, group of people. guys yeah um, so how old so I, I was 15 wow. when I, I joined these guys were a lot older than me and they were they were you know into death metal Plain and simple. It was. That's the first band you jumped into. What yeah. was it called? Do you I, oh no, no, I don't remember. <laughs> it was just a couple of guys. That, you know, we were. We, I don't even think we played any shows. But just the fact that yeah. I, I was able to, you know, see the reaction from people was it's, it was a great thing. You know, and then through all these years playing all the shows that I've played throughout all these years, and you know, dude, that's so. Yeah, that's man. something I've always wanted. I don't have hardly any musical talent but when we first started hanging out way back in the day I think it was 18 or 19 at the time early in college um, and I would come up here for doing to others practices right yeah and uh, I just loved being part of the, like the inside of, of the band you yeah. know I'd go to all the shows I'd help you guys load and unload and promote and, and do all these things and it was so much fun um, and I got a little taste of, of what you're talking about. Like that, that last show uh, where Marty was there, it was at the Starlight at the mm. time, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, Marty called me on stage for like a song, and I got to like stream like one song with him, yeah, and it, it was so much fun. Uh, but yeah, that feeling that you get when you're up there, and it's, and everyone's just like looking at you is is amazing. It's a cloud nine feeling. Yeah, it really is. You know. So and but I. Th Going back to you know whole going, having that drive and that passion to do that, and also taking the time and and making that part of my path. I think that does apply for, for anyone, and that's why I try to show my kids that you can reach for those stars, whatever it is you want to be. Like if you, if if she, if one of my kids wants to be an astronaut or something, go get that star, go get it, go do what it takes to get that, you know, and if even. If it was a passion, I think it would be easier to stay on that path of patience and dedication and, and, and mm -hmm. working hard to get at it. But no matter what you're doing, 
you still have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, w- I wanted to make sure we emphasize that point too for the listeners. Um, you know, you can, and that's why that's a, like a misconception of the secret and the law of attraction is that you, like I can wish so hard for something to happen, just sit sit on the couch and it's going to come to me. That doesn't happen. No, like, you, yeah, you have to get. But out there thinking and get... about it and intention and having a vision for it is super important. It's and that's integral, the, right? That's the big part of the mental piece, and that's uh, also what I can. That's like what I help people with on a daily basis. Absolutely, in my practice. Yeah. But um, like finding that vision, something that you can believe in that is possible, right, is essential because I mean, even on a quantum energetic level, like your thoughts have physical substance out here in this space mm-hmm. around us. So even a you know, thoughts or visions of what do I want to accomplish in my business? What do I want to accomplish in school? What do I want to accomplish in my relationships? Things like that. And putting those out there, they are um, sending out vibrations that are going to attract similar vibrations. That's true. It is. But the work component is what gets lost on people. And like people aren't willing to put in the hard work to make the business work Mm -hmm. or the hard work to make the relationship work or the hard work to become a drummer for you know however many years or a martial artist for however exactly. many years um, or an academic or whatever or a father you know it takes time it takes intention but it takes a lot of work and intentional work too not just mindless automatic work if you want to get to a place of mastery uh, the research is very clear and shows I mean this is a, a common thing that you'll hear in pop culture about the 10,000 hours it takes 10,000 intentional hours of practice to master anything, right? Absolutely. Um, that's how violinists do it. That's how Olympians do their things. That's how professionals in business master their trade, artists, things like that. 10,000 hours, and that's on average what could be considered like an expert or a master uh, yeah, of your trade. Absolutely. Um, but you and I are way past the 10,000 hours of, you know, and then it, then what does it become, right? So that's a, that's a mastery level, but it's also an internally totally so mastery yeah you, you start to you master the physical piece and then you realize like okay but that's not all there is now now the lens goes inward now mm-hmm. there's this whole infinite landscape that's available it's like a like raw um soil ready to just grow and explore you know yep and that you know i'm even taking that step further with with my drumming too uh, to this day i uh I am still taking lessons, you know. I still talk to a, a wonderful instructor. I mean, this guy is amazing, you know. Nice. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm learning different techniques. I'm, you know, as I'm getting older. I mean, I'm almost forty years old, you know. Um, so uh, my body can't really handle a whole lot anymore. As I seem to get older, my body's saying nope, you know. But uh, I'm feeling so, that too. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So, so I'm learning a lot more techniques and, and finger uh-huh. control. You know. So uh-huh. I'm still growing as a drummer, and I'm, you know, and I'm expanding my my catalog, so, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm I'm really trying to learn different styles and um, going back to a lot of my influences from the early days. You know, I mean, even you know, blues, and jazz. And, you know, I'm really taking a lot of what they're doing and trying to put that in my my stuff you know mm-hmm. and because there's always room to grow no matter how you know if you are a, like a, a master black belt in mm-hmm. jujitsu you still have years of there's growth, levels you know there's way there's layers beyond mm-hmm. layers of everything you know and again your your path took you that way and that's mm-hmm. that was your passion so 
it never stops growing. You know, mm. I think a lot of people forget that too. You know. Mm, yeah, there is no end Mm-mm. to it. Um, again, I think yeah, I think some of us kind of, and I've been guilty of this too. Still get it guilty. Uh, you know, but we we fall in the trap of wanting to like accomplish a certain outcome with with something like I'm going to pick up this hobby and I'm going to become a world champion boom that's my goal then, yeah. but then people achieve world champion and they're like now what mm-hmm. well did you do it just for the championship or did you do it because you really love it did for you do you, it because it yeah. makes you feel amazing you know mm-hmm. when you're drumming I'm sure well you you tell me how does it feel like I mean it's extremely physically exhausting too like all these similarities are coming up as you're describing it I'm like holy shit that's just like jujitsu like yeah um extremely taxing on the body right you're out of breath you're sweating bullets but you have to maintain focus and precision right um everything has to be flowing almost Mm -hmm. um and i love how you brought in the, the aspect of aging too because when your body starts to not work the way it used to you do uh have to find easier softer ways, ways to you have adapt to, you have to work smarter not harder mm-hmm. when, when, we're, when we're young we can crank out the work right we can work super hard yep. but when we're older we have to work smarter to conserve energy that's right in line with jiu-jitsu too i mean i'm only 36 but i you know i can't do some of the things i used to be able to do in my early 20s so when i'm going with younger guys and i'm rolling with them i have to conserve my energy and mm-hmm. movement or else they're just going to smoke me right so yeah, what what's that like for you? It, it, being up there, you know, man, it's it's a it's, it's I I would say it's kind of euphoric, really. It's a it does make me feel good, you know. Uh, just practicing, just being behind my drum set. Um, I could be playing in the middle of a mountain somewhere by myself, but I don't care. Just playing makes me feel great, you know. And I think that's what we all strive for, you know. We want to be happy. We want to feel good wake up in the morning and have no stress you know i mean of course that's impossible mm-hmm. but it's how you deal with it you know drawing's it's, a great way it is it's a great way to release that stress exactly. you know um so it's just i i can't explain it it just feels good it's yeah. interesting also how you said like you know you're nearing 40 and at this time in your life is kind of like this this chapter of your music progression where you're starting to look back in time, like back to history mm-hmm. for influences, whereas um, I'm also experiencing something similar in the martial arts, whereas when I was young, I was looking forward, like, what's the next new thing? Who's the next new martial arts action star that I can emulate, right? Uh, something like that, or world champion. Um, and now I'm like looking back in time, like who are the best samurai of all time? What was their mental yeah. philosophy? You know, yeah. who are the who are the uh, most prolific warriors um, of history, and how did they live their lives? How did they conduct themselves in relationships? You know, how did they bring warriorship to every part of their life? And that's you're looking amazing. back yeah. to history too, and yeah. like implementing these things. I think that's fascinating. That there's different parts like almost developmental stages of our life that almost predicts like where where our thought energy is going to go sure yeah I, I absolutely would agree I think that's amazing that you you think about that <laughs> look at those people in history and, and what about their lives because you know they had you know nothing but time to do you know all day practices you know Meditation. Meditations, you know, they, they spent that time to really become those masters. And uh, it's a different time now, you know, and it's unfortunate. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, because uh, even with with my relationship and my, uh, I would say more more than even empathetic view of Native American culture and and the Lakota ways of life mm-hmm. um, for me and the spiritualism that that embodies that mm-hmm. those people. Um, yeah, and I do want to talk about that. And this is a perfect time, but I also oh, want to, yeah. <laughs> I had one last question about drumming too, and we can yes. tie them together yeah. because, uh, you know, I'd been to, um, a few Lakota, uh, peyote teepee ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I've been part of their sweat lodges. <laughs> um, and the water drum is very significant piece of those ceremonies. Um, the way it's put together, uh, the night of and, and created and fashioned and then taken apart and we drink the water that's in the drum at the end of the night uh, it's very it's all very ceremony and spiritual but the drum is super important in a lot of different traditions and yes. um, out of all the instruments I think drums were one of the very first forms of communication one of the very first forms of uh, expression probably before Absolutely. even uh, language mm-hmm. people were communicating with drums and beats and things like morse code and stuff like that um, and then also drums being like this this guttural tribal vibratory force that we can create as human beings that bring people together around fires for dancing Absolutely. and chanting and and ceremony and uh, how powerful that is and it's almost cross-cultural like I think it's in almost every single culture yeah the drums are it is I I agree with that I mean I you know I I do a lot of studying and researching Mm -hmm. on on all kinds of aspects of things but even drums were one of them you know if you you're gonna be what you really want to be you have to learn your craft you know so of course you gotta learn your history you do you do you have to know what it was all about and I agree with that whole whole thing it was key to the very first communication you know I mean uh, it represents heartbeat in the womb. Exactly. You know, all of those that's things. That's the first it's, thing we hear. That's, it's, you know, so it is a very powerful thing, and that's why it's, it is so rampant mm-hmm. uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally believe that, mm-hmm. 100%. Just try to keep your hand away from your face. Oh, to see sorry. It. No, sorry. it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Is, uh, the first, like, ten podcasts that I did, because uh, I'd be sitting here, like, with my hand in front of my, oh, yeah. like, talking to somebody, and be like, why am I f- sound muffled? Uh, oh yeah, and then I check the video, and I'm totally sitting like I still do it sometimes too. <laughs> All right, noted. Yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated by drums. I actually just bought um, here. Hold hold one second. Um, I just bought this off of Buddy um, because, like I said, I'm not musical at all. For those of you guys listening, I'm pulling out um, a drum that I just bought. It's like a Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's like a it's like a pan drum, but it's made out of um That's pretty awesome. propane tanks that were welded together and it has um plugs and electronics for Oh, that's that outlet. Like yeah, a, for a jack. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Plug it into an amp or something. Uh so I'm excited to start playing around with that on the yeah. podcast too. Yeah, that's pretty neat, man. Um but yeah, drums are fascinating to me, and and I'm I've always wanted to pick your brain about that, and um, I'm sure any time, yeah. So let's talk uh, Lakota stuff. Oh sure, sure. So you, as as the sorry, you guys hear the zipper zipping up this package. Um, from the intro, the listeners heard that you know you just like me is very you're a very spiritual person, and 
specifically, you have been drawn to uh, Native American spiritualism. I have. And, wow, that, I mean, that's a, just a huge topic. Like someone who's uh, maybe a little less informed might hear that term, Native American spiritualism, and might have a stereotypical... Um, you know, vision of, of one type of thing. Mm -hmm. But Native American spiritualism is, is very, very broad and a very wide spectrum of practices. Um, there's so many tribes and so much history across the entire United States and Canada. Uh, Lakota is just one of those tribes. Yeah. Um, and very specific ceremonies to the Lakota, like the peyote ceremonies that I go to are Lakota for sure. Um, but I've studied things like, you know, the ghost dance ceremonies yeah. and, and the ceremonies where they would, uh, you know, um, suspend themselves with, by hooks from trees, at, you know, from their chests and hang for seven days. And Sundance, yeah. The Sundance, um, things like that. And, and it, these are also Native American spiritualism as well. And I found that um, it's also quite similar to paganism in that it's very closely tied to nature like almost inextricably, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, Certainly. it's that's like the primary component of Native American spiritualism. I was wondering if you could talk about number one, how did you even get into that, and number two, talk a little bit about um, your practice and your belief system, if, if sure. you don't mind. Sure. Um, you know, again, it's it's something that I, I I felt that I had in me ever since I was a kid. Um, same with just being born with drumsticks. I just. I don't know. I, I believe there's so many different things about this world that we don't understand. You know, I, I tend to believe in a lot of things, past lives, stuff like that. I just, I think we, there's things that we just don't understand. And so, again, being a searcher, I, I was trying to find out why I, I just, I was drawn to it at a very early age. Um, you know, even going through school, I did reports and studies just about Native Americans and, and the history of them and throughout up to this present day, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't, I can't explain it, man. It's something that's so deep inside of me that it's just, but you felt, it was oh, like a felt thing. Oh man. It wasn't just like a, a decision no. that you made one day, like, no, nope. that looks interesting. I'm going to choose that one. You know? But it, a lot of these things, like with the drumming and with, um, spirituality it needs to be like a felt thing oh, right I, you can't you can't intellectualize something as big and vast and uh, i don't know language just doesn't do any justice right mm -mm. so you go off your feeling and you are drawn to like this. i was i mean I, wow I, I i just that's how i felt for buddhism exactly it was just there you know it's uh you know my my hero somebody that i admired um even even now is is crazy horse I, he he was a man of his word. He he you know protected his people and. I don't know much about Crazy Horse. Oh man, he was a. What was he? He was a great was he man. Famous for. Oh, well, he, 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 during all of the you know when the the army was you know trying to put all the Native Americans on the reservations and things you know of course there was a lot of of uh. uh <laughs> effort against that you know push back yeah of course yeah so um and he he just he took the charge and he he led his people and he you know he he, he protected them you mm -hmm. know he was there for his people and he was very selfless and um you know he very quiet very you know 
just modest man, but he was there. He was a leader, just born leader, you know. And and I took to that, and so I, you know, he was somebody that I, was like I really wanted to uh, emulate his characteristics, mm. you know. And uh, but just being a part of 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 feeling that way, my life just gradually kept going and going, you know. And I learned more, and I got involved with uh, people. Yeah. So how did you? So your first exposed to a maybe through movies or, or reading or something like that? You know, uh, yeah. Um, and then what was, like, the first actual encounter you I, had with... When I was 15 and 16 years old, um, I started uh, thinking I didn't want to take, like, a Spanish or a German uh, in... in School mm-hmm. um, for a credit, so because it was a require, it was a requirement right. for us. So, then, so it, yeah, it was. So I, uh, I talked to the administration and I said, you know, I, what if I went to the reservation and I and I attended uh, the the university down there and took a, a Lakota language class. And I know, could I get credit for that? And they actually approved it. So I I went to uh, the Rosebud Reservation, lived. In this uh, under it was a it was a restaurant kind of restaurant hotel kind of thing. Uh, had rooms in the basement, mm-hmm. so I lived I lived in there just by myself, you know, at those ages. Um, and then I, I even went back after my sister had had died. Um, How long did you live there? Uh, it was only a couple. I mean, semesters, okay. I guess you would say, a couple of summers. I took, still, yeah, it was. I lived in, and I met some wonderful people. Wonderful people. Um, Exposure to to culture like that yeah. at that young of an age yeah. probably had a profound effect on how you currently view, you know, um, less fortunate um, pockets of people. Yeah, I I saw some very you know unfortunate things, yeah. and, and um, it definitely did shape shape a lot of of what I've tried to do, you know, and, and help and, and be involved in that in that world so that I can at least, you know, I mean, it was pretty sad. Back in that time, and it was 1999-ish, 1998. You, um, you know, there was a lot of alcoholism at that time. Oh, for sure. There, there really was. There still is. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, it's been years since I've been, been back there, but... Um, that, well, that community in general is is known for that, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, that negative stereotype. But you know, I'm it was from lot. what I was reading. I don't think that that uh, was even a thing for these native cultures before um, the white man. Came yeah, right. Be- yeah, right before we brought it as like an indulgence type of thing. Uh, before that, I think trade was, was involved. Yeah, yeah, and it was used as like medicine and things like that. Um, more ceremonially, you know, and then we kind of bastardized it. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it, we've we've done so many. Well, just just the uh, the atrocities. The, that, yeah, that we've done know, we in general. You know, yeah, terrible. Sit here for days, you know, and, and talk about yeah. all those things. So you but, got to witness some of that stuff, uh, you know. And I did, but um, you know, I mean, I was I was young at the time, and you know, I did what I could, and just to be there, you know, and learn from that mm. experience, and and um, the people that I did meet. And the elders, wonderful man. They just, they took me in like I was one of theirs, you know. And it was a wonderful feeling. Um, and so that that really opened up a, a huge door for me. I think mm. at that time. 
So you, while you're taking the language class, you're getting exposed to the yeah. spirituality as well? I, I was, because they kind of took me under their, their wing and showed me, you know, kind of how get they... to eat their foods. And, yeah, and I, you know, nice. I was able to uh, participate and watch, uh, like, a lot of powwows or wachipis, you know, uh, that's what they call it, dances, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so that was really, really awesome experience. Were you exposed to the peyote culture at all when you were not a so kid? much? No, and it, you know, and even if I was, I probably wouldn't have known what it was. Known what it was, <laughs> and and wanted to really do that at that time, you sure. know, because at that time too, I was also grieving, you know, uh, the second time I went, because uh, at that time, you know, and I didn't want to, you know, go there, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, anyhow, um, yeah, from then then on, I just. I stayed there, you know, and and I of course throughout the years I've wasn't able to participate or practice as much and and do the internalizing and and learning that you know I'm trying to get back to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, throughout all that time too, I was researching and educating myself on other religions, um, other ways of sp- spiritual thinking, alternative ways, you know, just to again go after those unanswerable questions. But it's a, yeah, it, the questions are universal, mm-hmm. right? Like, where do we come from? What yeah. are we here for? What where do we go when we this? die? What does this mean? Is this even real? You know, those are all universal, and all religions try and address that in their own way. And so if we're trying to answer those questions, it only makes sense that we would go explore all these different groups that are exploring it from all these different perspectives because we want our, our own perspective to be as broad as possible, right? Yeah, to really truly understand what's going on. And, you yeah. know, and it's... I accept that I will probably not know those answers, at least yeah. not in this life. I, I know that, but it still doesn't stop the drive in me to want to try to find them. Because mm-hmm. what if? I mean, what if you were just mm-hmm. something happened? You know. Plus, the journey is really <sighs> fun, fun. Yeah, too. you know, and like in, um, you know, getting into you know like a lot of the psychedelics and and with the, with the mushrooms and mm-hmm. trying those different ways of exploration, I think are wonderful ideas because. Just because human law says something isn't good for you or isn't legal, mm-hmm. quote unquote, doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. You know, it means it's just they didn't like something and they control what's going on in our human society. But that, you know, I mean, what's wrong with trying to find those answers in any way that you can find them? And that's just where this consciousness shift, I think, is going on in, yes. in society where we're, in our lifetime, it's cool because we're starting to see some of these shifts at the bigger levels, right? Like, I never thought cannabis would be legal, never thought that psychedelics would even be considered mm-hmm. um, to be rescheduled, um, you know, let alone decriminalized. Um, I mean, that's, and it's, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? It's going to go so much further. Drug policy is going to change. Um, I've heard things um, going up about um, universal basic income and sure. things like yeah. um, legalizing prostitution because it's a, you know sex sex work is a viable um, trade if regulated and, and screened and things like that and you know all these things that are illegal just because the old guard thinks that they were somehow immoral maybe because of their Judeo-Christian background and it goes against their faith or their beliefs. Um, and so they outlawed it back in the day. There's this new wave of like, I don't know, people our age, a little bit older, and hopefully the younger generation is going to pay attention. Yeah. Um, 
like we have an opportunity now to totally reshape and reshift um, our value system in in the, this country and the world in general um, towards like spiritual values and not religious values but spiritual yeah, values it's like difference like the too. underlying search right we all need to be on the same page in the search you mm -hmm. know um, but I value the differences in opinion I value absolutely uh, because they all inform our own conception and and growth period right. I mean the more yeah. you know I think is is key the, yeah. the, the more you know about anything knowledge um, is power it is it really is you know, and I, so I, I try to, I try to live by that, man. You so know? what's your current um, practice? You said you're trying to integrate more native practices. Yeah, it's, what, are, what are you trying to do? Well, because I, I have been uh, going back into that day-to-day -day life, you know, the tunnel vision of going to work in the morning, coming home and taking care of the kids and, you know, chores, all that stuff, and then just doing it again. So I, I I've been kind of wavering you know a little bit from really becoming more active I guess and, and participating in, in sweat lodges and, and ceremonies and you weepy ceremonies things like that all those things that you know I've been invited to go do mm -hmm. uh, I just haven't been able to because quote-unquote I don't have the time mm -hmm. you know it does take time it does um, and and it is a very it's a hard road to live on because there are a lot of a lot of things that people today don't understand uh, how how they reach what they do you know a lot of fat like a lot of fasting you know there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of that you know um uh, vision quests you know very they, they do, really want to do a vision quest and and they do them once yeah. a year a lot of the folks that i hang around with yeah, i know some folks who do mm -hmm. some in crestone colorado oh, cool. um, yeah. they have short vision quests that are like one or two days and then longer ones that are a full week um but yeah so I want to describe for the for the audience like we we've heard the term vision quest before and I think there's even a movie called Vision Quest I'm about sure space. Yeah, sure but uh, as far as I know and I've never done it before. Have you ever done it? I have not. Okay. But what I've heard no. is um, you know deep meditation before uh, ceremony before at the base of a mountain. Um, the roadman or the shaman sends you up the mountain to a specific spot that's been mapped out, and you you literally just sit there in contemplation and meditation in nature yeah. for days in the elements. You don't get any food or water. That's essentially uh, maybe a little bit of water. Um, mm -hmm. But people oftentimes have hallucinatory experiences, connections with spirit animals, mm -hmm. um, uh, things like white deer and things like that will come to you. Um, and then at the end, I think they. Someone will come and get you and lead you down the mountain to a sweat lodge and you go straight into a sweat or straight into, uh, maybe, maybe the peyote ceremony happens before or after, but um, it's, a, it's like a multi-day event. It is. And a huge spiritual experience. It's almost like a, a walkabout in Australia, you know, yep, like a absolutely. rite of passage mm -hmm. thing. Uh, yeah, that you pretty much, you know, essentially hit that. Did I get it pretty close? Much. I, but I think, I think uh, different, different, uh, orders they do different things you know you know um, uh, traditionally I think it was a lot more uh, cut and dry you know there wasn't um, any room for you know water or you know they did things very uh, traditionally very uh, hardcore I guess you would say yeah like back in the day they probably just sent their kid up in the mountain with a knife and said come yeah, back with yeah. an animal or something yeah I'm sure there was you know a lot of ceremonies and stuff like mm -hmm. that too but I think you know now as uh, People are becoming, you know, more and more uh, 
involved in it and it's not so traditional because you know they are allowing a lot of different cultures to kind of you know get involved and, and participate in those things um, you know me included you know um, yeah the Native American Church is one of them um, I think is a fantastic organization within the Lakota people that is very welcoming mm-hmm. um, of people from outside who have other beliefs and they say you know you can keep your beliefs um, you know, but you gotta abide by our rules sometimes when you participate in our ceremonies, yeah. and and they've very they've been very welcoming to me in the past. Yeah, um, and, and I and I think they are as long as you respect what they're doing and you really are there for you and not not, not to be a jackass or something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, there there is a lot of respect and a lot of. I mean, you can just feel the atmosphere, the the spiritual aspect. You could you could feel the ancestors just. Mm-hmm watching and being proud and saying you're you're keeping our traditions alive you know and it's a wonderful thing and uh, you know so uh, it's I st- I would like to do a vision quest mm-hmm. you know and I, and I might next year I think um, maybe you and me both yeah that'd be great but uh, it's been pretty nice because I haven't been forced to, you know, I, I'm doing it at my own pace, you know, when I do get involved, but, you know, going back to um, kind of getting more more involved in doing it, um, you know, you have to really live it. You can't just, you can't just go to a sweat lodge on a Saturday and... You what, know. you mean I can't just, like, dip my toe in the water and, right, then, and then go home and practice right. something different? Same thing with, you know, any religion, any belief, uh, you have to, you have to practice it. You know, and that's a very—it's a hard road to do because you—you you do give up a lot. Uh, you, you know, it's a very selfless and and, and modest way of, of life and being there to help others. You know, you, you would being of service to yes, others. Yes, and you know, and it's 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 hard sometimes, especially when you get sucked into the day to day. You know, super hard. It is. Um, Keep up with trying to integrate more practice. Yes, and, that's, and, that's and uh, it's, it's huge. It's, and it's, a, it's always a process, you know, and it'll unfold and it'll wax and wane. And, you know, the hope is just that, you know, progress is not like this linear straight line, but it's like curvy and it has its troughs and its valleys and its it peaks. And as long as the, the trend is still upward, you know, by the time we're, we're the elders, uh, hopefully we'll, we will have continued down this path of spiritual progression to a point that we're at least happy with. You know, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah. But uh, you know, I look forward to all the all the unfoldings in the future too. I was wondering if you could share with with myself and the audience too, because I don't know much about the actual um, I don't know spiritual tenets, spiritual beliefs, um, spiritual structure, foundation of um, Native American spiritualism. And like I said, each tribe has a different version of it. But for the Lakota, which is the one that I'm most involved in, I still know very little of it. I mean, I know about the you know the storytelling aspect of their their spirituality. Um, a lot of that is not written down, like in yeah, uh, yeah like in in other traditions. But you know, it's passed down through word of mouth. It's passed down through stories and legends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only ones I'm familiar with are the ones that have been told to me by uh, by our roadman. So all the peyote uh, ones about um, the spirits attached to that, and ayahuasca, and the, the coming together of the of the two spirits, and um, things like that. So what is 
if you could, you know, just enlighten me for a little bit sure. and, and share with me what is um, the basic tenets of, of the Lakota? For, for me, um, I think it's, you know, we, we are all from this earth, no matter how we actually got here, whether it was, you know, organisms from a comet or whatever that helped spread life. And, you know, we, 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 we are, are of this place. We are of this place. We, wow. we came from here and, you know, we're all a part of it. We're an animal just like everything else. Of course, there's always all these other huge questions of why we are where we are versus mm-hmm. other animals and things like that. But we're all related. We we all have the same heart. We all pump blood. We all you know we all are here alive. You know, and I think it's it's important to stay grounded and, and understand that. And for me, um, that's where everything is put into harmony mm-hmm. when when nature and us and the earth and everything is you know mm-hmm. I don't know how I, I, I'm for everybody out there I'm just putting my hands together well, like I, a I don't globe know how, yeah. like, it, like you're forming like this globe in front of you as you're trying to make like an, words an to, amalgam yeah. of all these things together but no and I want to make make uh, a point if it's if it's accurate uh, but this is part of my understanding of native beliefs too um, is that it's not just you know, humans and animals, but it's plants and trees Everything. and rivers and mountains and yeah. and weather and all these things are of the earth, um, and that we are connected to it innately. You know, when when someone dies, they go back into the earth, and and all these um, native traditions have have very specific beliefs around like death and dying and rebirth and reincarnation or mm-hmm. like. Um, Returning to the earth and and spirits uh, being connected to plants and um, you know to the peyote yeah, you know, to all that stuff. It's it's amazing thing. So you know, just a, in a nutshell, you know, the bigger picture for me is you know even um, you know the universe outside uh, the great spirit. You know, the, he's he's the great mysterious. You know, he uh, it's. Everything is connected. The winds, the directions. It's all, and then, and so, you know. Of course, uh, in the old days, you know, a lot of people believed in many different gods or 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 whatever. You know, mm-hmm. uh, god of this, god of that. Same kind of thing. It was, you know, we have um, spirits and ancestors to control. You know, aspects of 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 the earth and the mm-hmm. nature and things like that. And it's, you know, you have to give them all attention you know and 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 humility all religions are i think similar you know we all have to do the same things and we're all looking for the same things um but for me it's it's mostly just being connected to the earth i mean Mm. boiled down to everything i'm trying to say i mean it's a very hard topic because i'm still searching sure you know i'm still trying to understand what's going on Um, but uh, for me you know like i say that's what it is it's just we have to understand that we're it's earth based we're not better than anything else on this planet mm-hmm. you know we're, we're on equal playing field yeah you know and we have to respect that and i think when harmony happens that's when you know peace happens you know and you're not struggling in life and you're you're able to get those things that you're after and and accomplish those goals because you're there's less 
obstacles. That's the obstruction keeping you from those where you have to deviate from that path. Right, because you're in harmony. Exactly. You're no longer fighting against something, you know. Working with, with it. Yeah, with right now, you know, we're in a very destructive phase, having for a while, as far as our relationship to nature in general, like tearing down, I think we tear down, I heard we tear down like seven football fields of the Amazon rainforest every hour. That's insane. Something like that. And that's like 11% of the Earth's oxygen production. You know, we are not in harmony. We're not in balance with nature. In general, as a species, we're more like a parasite right now because I feel like we've gotten lost along the way or, or, or disconnected from those deep spiritual values and the importance of our connection. And... Um, with that, I, I want to take a quick break. Sure. Okay, so we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. As we take a quick break from Conversations with the Mind, I just want to let you know that this award-winning episode of the podcast is brought to you by MindOps. So go check out the MindOps website, M-I-N-D-O-P-S. Now back to the show. All right, we're back for segment two with Ben Mangina. And we left off talking about these earth-based belief systems in the Lakota and most native traditions, um, not just in America, but native traditions elsewhere, too, Everywhere. have been largely based on you know earth-based belief systems. Um, but I, it also sounds very similar to, have you heard of uh, the Gaia um, spiritual belief system I, I see things on Facebook about that mm -hmm. all the time but I, I haven't okay. really I haven't really dug into it either but it's also more it's well it's it's entirely earthbound it's uh, pretty much says that you know the earth is a living organism and we are a part of that organism sort of like s individual cells are in our own body sure. and so uh, we need to treat it as such you know um, cells shouldn't want to toxify or poison you know an area of the body, right? Because the body, they're in a symbiotic relationship, you know, uh, the mm -hmm. body and the cell. So they want to protect, um, you know, basic survival. But that's what Gaia says. So I think it's interesting how even some of these newer spiritual traditions are pulling from ancient traditions, not only uh, Native American, but Native elsewhere too. I think they were onto something. Yeah. You know, in, the, mm -hmm. in those early days. Uh, and I think... There, we we were way more connected, um, even even in the Middle Ages. You know, I know we had, we were a very superstitious bunch back then. You know, uh, we uh, really believed in, in monsters and, and things like that, which could very well seem. You've seen a skeleton of a dinosaur back in those days. You'd be like, that is a dragon. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? totally. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, you know, we have this collective consciousness I believe um, you know that because even though it was hundreds of years ago I still think we believe we, we have remnants of those times um, it's it's kind of hard to explain but I think um, you know it's like we, almost like collective memories well yeah we because we still we still live in a world where superstitions are still out there you know people still believe in certain things and and um I just I feel like you know we have gone away from that um, in these in these modern days because we're so uh, like we were talking outside during the break just about the the politics and things we're so we're so driven on on what's really not important mm -hmm. 
doesn't matter. Um, We're totally hypnotized too by um, technology, whereas technology sh should have and and is maybe originated as like a tool. You know, uh, a tool to enhance our lives is now becoming our captor, our, our slave driver. Yeah, and yeah. we're being conditioned to, you know, even commercials, you know, tell you to spend more time on your phone and all these yeah. things. And yeah. we're being conditioned to get sucked into, you know, this, this zombie frequency. Um, I, oh, man. I look around in my day-to-day -day life and see so many people just on their phone walking through life down the street uh, I'm like thinking in my head like do you not like just look up look at all this infinite beauty and all this infinite um, trippy novel crazy I guarantee you all this stuff right around you all these trees and everything is way more interesting and fascinating than what's on your screen right now if you just pay attention you know people yeah. on buses people driving people uh, skateboarding, you know, people riding bikes. I saw this little girl riding her bike with her family the other day, and she's steering with one hand while she's texting with the wow. other hand, biking and riding. Wow. And I was like, you're not even enjoying the bike ride. You're missing the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. um, See, I think there's, there's, there's got to be a, uh, a happy medium. I think living in uh, moderation with all aspects of life is really what's, what's key. Because, I mm -hmm. mean, we... we it's great to have technology, you know, it really is. I, as much as I say that I would love to live in a different time, you know, in the past, um, I do like all of the amenities that we have today, you know, that, that we're <laughs> I'm going to do. It's great to have that open communication and, and all of those things, but, um, you know, and I, I, I take full advantage of that being, you know, with 7X Mobile. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, you know... It, I'm like, I, you know, why not sure. take advantage? Of, you gotta live in the society. You, too. you do, you do. So, so that's that's where I'm at with everything. I'm trying to find all these answers, but yet I'm trying to make a living mm -hmm. off of what we're doing to ourselves. So that's a very interesting thing that you bring up. Um, almost like, almost like there's this dual life that we live, right? Like one is this very grounded life that we have to go about nine to five. You know, wake up go to work, whatever, go to sleep. We have to do that in order to survive. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if we're up in the woods, we have to do that. Um, but then there's this whole other side of ourselves that is beyond that, that transcends that. And sometimes we refer to that as like being separate from each other. Mm -hmm. Like I got to manage them both, right? Instead of a more integrative approach of like, hmm, these, these things are both happening and they're both... Uh, there's got to be a reason for that, right? There's got to maybe if they work together or inform each other that that they could work better individually too. If they also work together collectively, the spiritual self and this physical self. So you're talking about like living this deeper spiritual life. It's not just about reading books and exactly and thinking about the topics. You got to go out and experiment. You got to go out and try these things. You know, you when I read my first Buddhist text, I was drawn into it, heart and soul like it just connected with me but that wasn't enough like I had to go out and start testing for myself the theories that they're talking about exactly like uh, you know the first tenet in, in Buddhism that life is suffering in general life is suffering there's pain we create our own suffering that there's a way out of suffering and that this is the way out of suffering I, ha I started experimenting on myself and asking myself those questions like okay here's all the problems in my life that I think are problems 
when I boil each one of them down, what happens? Well, I find that I was the cause of all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was me. It was my choices, like you said, that caused me to be in all these positions, right? So I'm the cause of my own suffering. Huh. What that book said was right when I did the self-experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes beyond just reading about it and believing it. You got to go out and you got to walk it. You got to you got to try it out. You got to figure it out uh, through experience. You do. You do. And that goes with all aspects of life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're trying to go for, you have to go get it. Like it goes, it all goes back to that work. You have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and that's that's what I'm doing with Seven X Mobile now too. Yeah. So I'm we haven't even talked about no, that. No, we have yet. not. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> um, but my okay. So just to wrap up that last little piece, moderation I think is super important with everything right. too. Technology, caffeine, um, moderation with everything sex with uh sports uh exercise i mean you got to moderate it i've I've taken exercise to the point where my body breaks down and it becomes unhealthy right Mm -hmm. there's unhealthy levels of anything of everything um so moderation is key and i promise you we'll get to seven no no but but i want to talk a little bit about moderation because um i'm i work in the addictions field and i see the extreme far destructive end of what moderation is not you know um and moderation is a thing for everybody to develop so how do we go through life um and do that right self-discipline the the, Mm uh again it's a it starts with a vision or a thought of like this is what i want for myself this is how i want to treat myself this is what i want to put in my body and then figuring out like what's dangerous level what's not is it going to do damage in my life somehow? Mm-hmm. Is it not? You know, what do you think? I, I agree with that. Um, and it, sometimes it makes me makes me wonder because I I have that personality type. Like I, I believe I have a strong mind, so I can I can try out those things. You know, um, to my tipping point. You know, like if if I want to um, smoke a bunch of weed or something, and you know. I'll, I'll figure out how much I can actually handle before I just pass out or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. And, and, um, but I, I do realize that it is a struggle for a lot of people too because my mind is mine, so I can't expect somebody else you know, to, to feel the same way or, or know that I'm taking a drug and keep myself grounded and, and know that I'm not going to go about it in an excessive amount because mm-hmm. I know, you know I'm figuring out how much I can handle but it is tough to see somebody struggle with that because of the addictive uh, personalities so I know it is a struggle and it's, it's a very hard thing in life to do to, to find that perfect balance mm-hmm. um, you know and it's unfortunate you know and I wish I wish we were, we were all able to be able to, to, to do that without falling in such a obsessive manner about going about getting those addictions and you know and and what's really unfortunate about a lot of our society today it becomes self-destructive it does you know and it's i don't know how many other animals do that uh reach reach a state of self-destructiveness you know i know that um i heard of this this way to like kill a wolf in the wilderness or something like if you're being hunted like freeze a a razor blade or something in some ice and put some blood on it so that they'll they'll lick it and continue licking it because they're cutting their tongue and then they'll bleed out or something like that. Hmm. So like 
There are some instances in the animal kingdom of self-destructive type behaviors, maybe more unintentionally, um, but humans really have a knack for it. You know, we're really good at self-destructive behaviors. We we are. I think you know animals um, is it's more based on instinct. You know, they're just they're just going off of what's programmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we again going back to we make our choices every single day, mm-hmm. so you know it's 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 very difficult to see when people are struggling with with grasping onto that idea mm-hmm. of uh, we make our own choices you know and you got to live with those choices you too. do you do you know mm-hmm. so sorry one last thing with this moderation because yeah. this is important too and um you know for me i'm what 36 this year still an athlete so i'm still really active in my sport um but like you said, like we start to break down as we get older and I can't do some of the things I used to do. And so I'm so passionate about the things that I do. Um, but because my body won't allow me to do it as frequently or as often or as long as I used to do, um, I have to find some self-discipline and some moderation, even with my passions, with the things that Mm -hmm. drive me to get up in the morning. Um, which might sound crazy to some people out there listening to this, like, no, like I, if I have a passion, I want to go in a hundred percent. Well, yeah, but you can't keep going that no, way. I you, promise you. You have to take a take a minute. Sometimes. And so, yeah, so that's part of my journey right now. Is like I'm sitting back and reflecting, and like if I want to do this jujitsu for the longest amount of time possible into my eighties, um, things like that. If I want to do this with my kids and my grandkids, and I still want to be able to enjoy it, then I need to moderate um, how I'm going about it today right Mm -hmm. so I can maybe not go practice six days a week like I used to in my 20s maybe now it's uh, four days a week or five days a week but I only go like really hard like two days a week and the other days are technique like you said like I'm working drills or I'm working Mm -hmm. something that that is more agreeable to my body but still beneficial to my athletic um, progression okay Um, so we got to find moderation too with the things we're passionate about and I was hoping you could speak a little bit to your experience through injury. Sure. Because that's, that's happened to me too because I have not been good at moderating my passion in the past. And I've pushed myself to, point, to breaking points where my body in the universe literally says, look, if you're not going to slow yourself down, I'm going to stop you in your tracks. And we're going to slow you down for six months, a year, three years, mm-hmm. whatever, um, because of injuries. Yeah, and I know you've had since I've known you, you've had quite a few like shoulder I, surgeries. I've had, and... I've had a uh, surgery on my shoulder. I had a torn labrum, um, mostly because of uh, physical fitness and drumming. You know, I what was... is um, the labrum? The labrum, I believe, is it's the membrane. It kind of holds the, the the socket together. Okay. So um, so that was being torn and ripped a little bit. I had a bone spur in there that was kind of. Oh, and bone spurs. Yes, slicing things away in there. Um, And I had uh, surgery on my hand for a carpal tunnel. Um, I had, uh, I'm dealing with tennis elbow or tendonitis right now in my right arm, real bad. Me too, my right arm. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu and gripping all the time and pulling. Yeah. And um, on top of that too, I've been um, recently getting involved with chiropractic care because um, I've got arthritis building up on my my neck area up here and um degenerative disc already and a lot of 
Yeah, in my neck. Is and that from drumming? I would. I believe it's more so from Hoping. playing live. Yeah, <laughs> just being on the road and playing live shows and just, you know, going hard, going hard, living that rock and roll lifestyle in my twenties and early thirties. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so yeah, I have I have grown old physically, mm-hmm. um, very quick because of my passion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I have learned how to do better techniques um, so that I'm working less and accomplishing more Mm -hmm. Um, you know a lot of it has wrist and finger control motions Um, I'm using more of my my hip flexors and my whole leg kind of in my calves for double basing so stuff bigger, like that bigger muscle groups right that can so handle more load. right yeah. so you know back in back in the early days i was going hard i had bad posture um, you know um, and because of my shoulder i was always really i was playing kits that were not ergonomically correct for what i should be doing mm-hmm. you know i was playing wrong for a long time and i think that accelerated a lot of my injuries so I still play all the time. I'm, you know, I'm, I stay strong and I, I keep working at it. So I've, I've just learned how to do different techniques you mm-hmm. know, and, and different ways to understand that if I do what I keep doing, I'm not going to be able to do this for the rest of my life. And I want to be 80 years old sitting behind my kid mm-hmm. at my house. I don't care. I mean, that's how much I love being a drummer is I don't care if I'm playing in front of anyone. Mm-hmm. I just want to play. You know, yeah. and if I can't physically do that, that's like, you know, football player, you know, paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he won't be able to play. That's that's a that's a devastating thought, yeah. you know, for somebody who's worked that hard to yeah to do that. Yeah, know? and that's something that I deal with too with my sports psychology part of my practice is helping people overcome a lot of the the injuries and the depression, the mental uh, yeah. the mental break and the the loss of identity that comes with injuries when you, when your passion is stripped away from you. you and that's got to be tough. And because it happened you know, to me, yeah. you know, in my own athletic career, and I didn't have someone like myself to guide me through it. I had to find my own way. How did you... And you I, you had to find your own way, too. I, how, I did. How did you find your way through those those depressing times, you know, post-injury, post-surgery, you know, when, when things are hurting and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get back to this. Yeah, I, you know, I... There were times uh, throughout my years that I, I didn't play the drums, you know. I, like, I think the longest I went was maybe two years. You Same know? for me in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you know, I just, I I had to heal, you know, and, and it was tough. But I, I knew that I was a drummer. That's who I am. So, you know, I was looked at a um, dude from Def Leppard, you know. I mean, if he can play with one arm, mm-hmm. you know, I can... I can still do this. Mm-hmm. I, I have all of my limbs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it helped seeing other people's um, downfalls or pitfalls that they've overcome to accomplish what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It helped me through that. So did you, I'm imagining you like post-shoulder surgery, <laughs> like with your arm <laughs> braced up and then drumming with the other hand, like jamming out to Def Leppard, like I'm going to I'm going to learn this one handed techniques that he's doing did you do anything like I did that? I did um, you know shortly you know not much yeah I just uh, sometimes I felt down enough where I didn't even want to play or I didn't even want to listen to music for a little while you know it's like man if it was I, yeah cuz it hurt yeah. uh, it was like I know that feeling like every time you thought about it or were exposed to it it was just a reminder that you couldn't do it mhm it, it, it was you know when I was I did that with um, 
a lot of the, like the grindcore bands now like I'm really into a lot of their drummers because those drummers are they're phenomenal you know like bands from uh, the drummers from like Whitechapel and The Art is Murder and those type of bands man some of those guys are pretty pretty awesome and uh, what makes them awesome I don't know man they're just it's it's the technique it's it's how they play it's it's just you know they're just it, it's more than just being in the pocket as a drummer I mean you know I, I've, there's 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 a difference you know be in the pocket you kind of feel the groove you just feel in the song you know you just accent the you know you, the feeling of the song and mm-hmm. then so these there's a lot of difference uh, you know um, time signatures a lot of different um, like little tiny nuances yeah you know just you know different uh, 16th notes versus 8th notes you know going you know doing all these different things and um, in, a, in a vast array in 3 to 4 minutes it's mm-hmm. just awesome to me I'm, I look up to those guys a lot um, so so I uh, it hurt when I couldn't play to listen to that music and that, that that music is also a part of me so you know I was down there for a while but then you know I also had my girls and you know I had other aspects of life to keep it going you know so that's what helped pull you through is yeah just yeah. the fact that you yeah see and that's what I that's what I suggest to my clients that's my personal experience through too that's the only experience I've had is that when I lost the biggest part of my identity the thing that I identified with the most I was almost forced to look around and look at the landscape of my life and see like okay well I can't do that but what else is available to me well I have all these other things going on and I have and they've been going on in the background but I haven't put like I've been neglecting them, mm-hmm. you know. I've been neglecting my relationships. I've been neglecting my academics. I've been neglecting my um, friends. I've been neglecting my self care, you know. Um, and now that the athletics that took up so much time has taken a back seat, forcefully, you know, the universe is teaching me something still in this mm-hmm. moment. Now it's providing me this opportunity to pour more energy into this, pour more energy into that, pour more energy into this help bring the levels of of these other aspects up so that when I get that functioning back in the athletics, then the landscape of my life is so much richer in every aspect. Absolutely. So it was the other things and the realizing that I'm not just that one thing that got me through because that was what kept me stuck in the depression for the longest time and back into addiction after injury is like, who am I now that this thing is gone? Like, I'm nothing, right? Well, no. I had to realize that I'm so much more than that. Yeah. Um, and once I did, and I started pouring the energy in, like you said, it got me through. It got me through uh, to where I am now. You know, and, and I understood, too, that, you know, time does heal a lot of things, um, you know? And, and I knew I'm, I'm really good at kind of adapting and accepting things mm-hmm. and, and doing exactly what you said, closing one door, opening another, mm-hmm. so to speak. There's there's another path that I can take right now that can keep me productive, keep me accomplishing things and feeling like I'm doing something with my life. Um, so, you know, other avenues opened up. But I knew that because my dedication and my life was just being a drummer, I knew it was going to come back, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always there. It's, that, that, that's, the, that's the star, you know. It's always there. It's just you take so many different branches off your path. You can always get yourself back on and you got to remember that there's always opportunities available, even when it seems like there might not be. Um, mm-hmm. You just got to open more of those doors and look in different places. Look under the rug. Look yeah. under the couch. There's going to be some opportunities somewhere um, when things seem hopeless. Yeah. And it's just a little diversion off the path. It doesn't mean that the path changes permanently, you know, like that. It doesn't. Um, yeah. 
So, okay. So I wanted to get on to uh, talking about 7X Mobile. Okay. Um, so for the audience, they're going to, like like I said, in the introduction, uh, they they heard about uh, what you've done for me uh, and my website. Yeah. And I love um, what you've done for me. Good. Really because I am not a technical person at all. I suck at computer tech. I'm still super basic, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know, those type of things. Uh, I'm good in an academic sense on the computer, but as far as like putting building together, and creating yeah. product um, and marketing and all these things, I suck. So I'm so grateful that uh, you, I mean, do that and you're one of my good friends yeah, so so the relationship <laughs> that we have um i don't know it's very helpful for me as a business owner and as someone who um takes for pride in in all the content i put out there and the website is like the first thing people see it is about me and um i think we, i don't even know how many years ago did we get started with it's been about Four, or four, three, or four, okay. or something. So maybe? it's been a number of years um, since we started the website, and um, you know it's gone through its different iterations. It's morphed. I've added a lot of content to it. Um, so go check it out, mindops.com, m-i-n-d-hyphen-o-p-s.com. But you put all that together mm-hmm. for me, um, and there's lots of like do-it-yourself type website building companies out there. I think I looked into Squarespace and GoDaddy and other things like that, but still I found it to be frustrating. I mean, it was it was user-friendly, as they said, but I couldn't make like the cool effects and the cool stuff that you've done for me mm-hmm. on there. Um, and I still felt frustrated, like I wanted to throw my computer through the window. Um, so that's why I sought you out to do it for me. Yeah, that, um, well, that's that's definitely what I do. That's mm-hmm. that's one thing I really try to portray is that I will do the work for you. You know, you you can go out there and look for um, you know website building um, companies and things like that, but they're gonna give you you know, like you say, the tools to to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and the biggest thing that we've talked about today is not having enough time. And as a business owner, you wear many many hats you know so I try to alleviate um, part of that probably one of the biggest parts of that that's so helpful <laughs> you know it, it is because you know I uh, 7x mobile is essentially uh, a text message communication company and and we do also specialize in making websites and m- making them mobile friendly mm-hmm. so um, it's it, uh Instead of you having to go out there and do the work for yourself um, and blocking that time to do that, taking away from other things, you know, making the money that you need to make for your company, um, I, I'm, I will, I do it all, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's even with the text message part, you know, uh, I just need the information. I can blast those text messages out there and um, get you uh, on your way to communicating with all of your your potential customers, clients, you know, uh, members, because we work with uh, nonprofit organizations, we work with for-profit companies, you know, uh, to who who want to build a better relationship with their clients and their their mm-hmm. the, the people around them. So, um, I provide that that gateway for them to do that. Um, and I don't even think I take advantage of of that part of your business. Um, but it's just because of the nature yeah, of, yep. of counseling and, and yep. you know, I can't send out mass texts to my, my clients, you know, like that violates our ethics. Sure, but, you know, like that. that's why I offer, you know, uh, different 
situations just just the website alone i mean that that that's yeah. a key part of it as well you know? and the mobile app too yeah, um, yeah so for those listeners out there like if you if you pull up my website on your phone uh a pop-up comes up right away that asks you do you want to download the mind ops um app and you can and you download you know my cool little icon right onto your phone and then just at a, at a touch of a button you'll be directed straight to my website which has you know um, youtube videos on it. it has the podcast episodes on it it has all sorts of ways that you can schedule uh, sessions with me uh, and communicate through email or leave comments or testimonials or whatever. It's really cool and really interactive, but really easy, really simple. It is. Um, yes. and, and I like that you, you're sort of, you have all these branches of, of what you're doing. Um, but I came to you with like just a creative vision. Like this is kind of the functionality that I'm looking for. And you know, I want you to kind of use this picture as the background, and um, I'll send you the content. And you, you did a masterful job well, putting it together. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it was, it was not just like a, I'm going to make this product, and here you go. It was a very much a collaboration between yes. us. So, so it took you and I maybe a couple months back and forth emails you know like can you fix this can you find an icon that looks like that and and make that go across all the pages and and so a lot of my input was valued and and put in there so it's exactly the way i like it um i'm sure i'm missing out on some functionality components just because i'm unaware of them but you did uh exactly what i asked you to do and it looks better than it could have looked if great. I probably would have had to spend eighteen months on it to make it look that nice, so especially by yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, um, you know, I, and that's that's one thing that I, I really cater to who I'm talking to. I love people, you know, and I love I do love that social aspect of of making something, making your vision come to life. I mean, I I will sit there and I will talk to you all day long, even after hours, you know, to get get what you need done um, I you know if you if you have a certain vision anybody has a certain vision I will make sure that it gets done because I have the tools in front of me to do so um, I have the you know the know-how the knowledge to do what needs to be done and uh, my platform works really well with with Adobe Photoshop so um, I, the ideas are pretty much limitless you know? and you also host too right uh, uh, no I do not okay I do not okay. um, just, just you know. okay Perfect. But, uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, that's one thing that I do. Yeah, I do not do. Okay. But so, what what is like the weirdest vision someone has had for a website that you've been asked to create? Um, if you can even talk about it, I don't know if you can. Oh, yeah, I can. There was a there is a um, salon that I, I did a website for, a uh, local salon, and uh, it's. I mean, I would not have picked the colors that they mm. that they wanted. It was very very contrasty. You know, um, bright reds and, and, and blacks, and um, but uh, it does look good. I made it look good, you know, as best as I could. Um, mm-hmm. And they still they they love it, you know. Again, it's their vision, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it, I haven't really had any crazy ideas. Really. So you haven't had any like um, bros from the frats come to you and be like, I want you to create this joke website for my friend. Uh, we're just gonna put <laughs> pictures of him doing stupid things on nope, there. No, not at all. Nothing like that. No, it's uh, you know I I take this business very seriously. I've been working at it you know for a long time now. It's been about four years, uh, and um, and people have websites for everything though. They do. Uh, I listen to this uh, podcast called the Duncan Trussell Podcast. He's one of my favorite comedians, <laughs> and he regularly talks about one of his friends, and she sells her dirty socks. 
That's her website. That's she crazy, sells her dirty right? socks, and people go and buy them, and she ziplocks them up and sells them, and you know makes a good living. Crazy websites out there, right? Yes, yes, they are. Any, uh, but I, but I, but see, that's the thing. I would do it if somebody yeah. wanted me to make a site about aliens or something. I would do it as long. I, I don't yeah. deal. I don't deal with pornography or anything like that. Um, sexually explicit mm-hmm. things. You know, it's lucrative, real. You know, businesses and things like that for for folks out there. Um, but I'll do almost anything. I don't care what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's as long as it helps them. Uh, portray their messages, you know, and then I get to build a relationship with these folks, and uh, you know, and that's an, another big aspect for why I'm in this business in the marketing aspect because I get to meet so many great people, mm. you know, and and uh, become friends with these people, and uh, you know, go do things, and and you know, scratch your back, I'll scratch yours, you know, a lot of a lot of networking and friends, be, you know, happen because of something like this, and mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate be able to get involved in something like this nice mm-hmm. so it, would you say that's your favorite part of it i think so i do uh, i think even so. more so than sitting behind the computer for hours at a time and you know it's funny because uh, i do enjoy that too like do you ever get frustrated with with uh customers like i want you to keep changing these things and you're like dude you got to make a decision like <laughs> that's happened a couple times i gotta move yeah. on to the next project yeah, here that does happen but uh it happened to me with my logo when <laughs> jeff was jeff did my logo yeah. and we went through maybe 15 iterations of different colors. He's like, dude, you got to pick one. Like, i got other stuff to do. I'm like, sorry, man. I didn't know it was, you know. was going to be so complicated. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had that, you know, but I, I do, I work hard and I go above and beyond. Like, I, because, because I have to block things and, you know, schedule my days, um, a lot of times I will work after my kids go to bed, you mm. know. I mean, I mean, it has to be done. I do not sleep very often that is one thing you know i don't get a chance to do maybe four hours is my average really four or five hours just because i'm i have to be up for my day job you know um, but i do i take care of my my clients you know they they are very important to me so i want to make sure that they get what they get done in but a how do you manner. how do you take care of yourself and function on four hours i i it's hard yeah but i do you know i mean i there's a lot of things that I could really do a lot better about myself. You know, we could probably sit for another hour and talk about those things. Mm. But um, yeah, because you had mentioned like you're you're into all these new uh, mm-hmm. techniques for rehabs and like mm-hmm. taking care of your body, but you got to also take care of like sleep and and water intake and nutrition and but, things you know, like that. It's, and it's, it's difficult. It's been it's been me and my daughters for you know fourteen and a half years. You know, um, and it's. I know what it's like to have to, you know, search in the couch for change, mm. you know? So it's been the majority of our life has been living paycheck to paycheck, and um, so I take care of them. You know, it's been years of me being a parent, being mm. a father. Uh, so I've, I've gotten out of the habit of, of really knowing what it's like to take care of myself, mm. you know? I'm getting there, you know. That's another reason why I'm still on these searches and, and all of these things. But do you feel like by taking care of your kids, you're also taking care of yourself in a I, lot of ways? Too? I do, man. Because like as long as they're set, then you at least feel I feel like good I, about I, that. I do, and I feel like I'm I'm doing the best I can. I've got great girls, man. They're turning out to be wonderful women, you know. 
Yeah, so I want to talk about and, fatherhood because yeah. Callie and I are going to hope to have a, a few little ones here in a couple of years, Man, and we're just going to like start so. the journey. That's going to be wonderful, too. Yeah, but you guys are, I mean, how I old love, are your daughters here? Uh, 16 and 14. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I... Interesting I, ages for teenage girls. Uh, I, they, we have our moments. Yeah. You know, but uh, since it has been, I've been the solid rock in their life, you know, yeah. all their life, and um, so... We do have kind of an unspoken, you know, bond, even though we have our trials and mm-hmm. tribulations. There's a lot of things about teenage girls I do not understand. Sure. Uh, never will. No. It's like no. one of those big questions <laughs> that you can keep asking and keep searching, no. but you're never. It's good because as soon as you find an answer, it's going to change. Yeah. You know, the next yes, day. Yes, it does. Uh, but, uh, you know, regardless of all of those things, man, being a father has been the best thing. Really? Uh, better than from, drumming. Better than drumming. Better, you know, better than my own path of of uh, self-exploration and things like that has been watching what I've done uh, for, you know to make these kids and turn them into what I hope to be you know great people with good hearts and you know to go out in the world and make a change you know right and do something and that do, makes them happy know, makes up yeah well yeah. and you also said you know they've been getting straight A's and yes. stuff like so for that, years that's I mean this is yeah this is nothing new and it's a wonderful thing you know? so how do you how do you do that as a parent because I know there's a lot of parents that listen to this too and uh, you know they pick up a little advice here and there but how do you as a single father like instill that kind of um, value importance on academics and studying and reading and you know what's really important in life like we were talking about not electronics and tablets yeah. and YouTube and all these things like how do you do that as a parent you know what I did I uh, I did a lot by example just from modeling so from an early yes that. from an early on you know time in their lives um, I, I tried I, I you know of course I failed in many aspects but as a parent you do <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I did I tried to teach them through examples and, and showing them and um, being there to help them through their homework and their, you know, those kinds of things. And even if when I was working uh, night jobs, I would I would stop what I was doing if they had to call me about their homework. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to have a job where I said, okay, I'm going to sit down and we'll go over this algebra, uh, you know, at 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I also, I also compromised a lot with them, and I, I think that helped because I gave them freedoms to make their own choices, but I only gave them a certain amount of choices. So, was it based on like age or based on maturity or like when do you start hmm. s- slow, like at eight or nine years old when they're starting to explore their independence, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna let you choose your dinner tonight. Uh, well, it was, and then yeah, and would, then a little more independence as they get older. I or would, how do you I do would it? say. Early on, you know, I read a lot, you know, and did stuff like that and tried to do a lot of techniques that a lot of other resources were telling me to do. Read to them. Read yeah, with oh, them. of course, of course, you know, and do all those things and, and do what you're supposed to do as a... As a Exposure as a, to music. Yeah, you know, but, but I, um, I think a lot of it did have to do with maturity levels um, and, and understanding that you can't keep your kids in a bubble. You just can't. Even though our world is in a crazy time right now, you still have to give them, you know, that that ability to to make those small choices even early on, you know. Um, so I think that helped develop them into their own independent person, but yet 
just being there as a nurturing person also showed them that um, you know you could be nurtured. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was always positive. Well, not always, but I did the best I could to be reinforce you know in a positive manner. You know, um, so I think being able to say, okay, either either you're gonna do the dishes or you're gonna vacuum, you know, something like that. Giving them the choices, mm-hmm. um, but also doing the work with them. Mm-hmm. Leading by example. I did. Like, not, like, not, like, yeah, yeah, like, I will clean up the kitchen if you do this, and you do this, and stuff, you know, so it wasn't just like... Just do as I do, not as I say, and I'm gonna walk the walk, too. Yeah. I'm gonna lead by yeah. example. I'm gonna show you, I get my hands dirty also. Yeah. I see so many parents, too, like you said, like, trying to control their kids and put them in a bubble, and and trying to, you know, their intentions are good. I hear from the parents, you know, I want to keep them safe. You know, there's so much terrible things out there, and they're right, you know. There are. But you're also stifling this natural inner drive to explore. You know, we, like you said, we all have this drive to want to explore who we are, who our friends are, what are these things, uh, you know, called sex and drugs yeah. and music and art and it's the you know, world we, we live in? And we we have this natural biological drive to explore. And if if parents sort of stifle that, the kids are going to want to do it anyway, and they're going to rebel. That's and they're going to do it in, in negative mm-hmm. ways. You exactly. know, that's what I did, um, but not because my mom stifled. My mom was very supportive of what I did, um, almost a little too too supportive sometimes that, um, again moderation if right you're, if you're too far on one side right you know but. and so um so yeah it's it's interesting how that how that kind of yeah, unfolds I, with kids and and you know their voice is just as important as anybody else's you know even at even when they're just starting to talk and and form those ideas in their head they want to be able to communicate that and so I was. I always got down to their level, you know. Uh, Listen, and I did, and I heard what they had to say, and I took what they had to say into account. Even you know, even though I ultimately had the final say, you know, because I do want to look out for their best interest. But their best interest is not going to be my best interest, you know. And that, a lot of people, I don't think, realize that. Mm-hmm. So they do try to stifle them. They, you know, and if you don't let your kids go out there and, and experience life and, and do those things they will rebel and they will that's the truth and then I think I, I realized that a long time ago uh, I don't want my kids to rebel and that's why I had open communication from early on I mean uh, my oldest is 16 now you know and when she started talking about boys at 14 I heard listened to her mm-hmm. you know and I talked to her about it and right you didn't like restrict her I from did, these I things didn't, exactly you and said you're going to explore this anyway let's have an educated let's, discussion let's about do this. it with let's do it together you know, and the same with like drugs and and parties and things like that. Because, and I believe because I talked to them about that early on, and and they were exposed not to the party itself, but the idea that it, it's around, it happens. You're gonna, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helped them know that they can count on me if you know those things do occur and something happens. They 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 can call me and say, hey man, I'm in a situation. I need to get out of, you know, I'll be there for them, you know, to do that. Because mm-hmm. they know, they know what to expect. If you, if you hide all that stuff from them and they go out in the world at 18 years old, who knows what's going to happen right. because they don't know, they don't know. So not only is there this potential for rebellion uh, by stifling, but there's also this 
potential, which I think is even scarier, in my opinion, because rebellion is sort of a, it's a form of adapt adaptation, right? So things aren't going the way I want them. I'm going to rebel against the way things are going to make things work for me. Mm -hmm. So it's an adaptation to make yourself happier in life, right? Sure. Um, but there's this other side, too, that I see where parents will stifle kids to the point where um, the kids have no agency over their own decisions, no life skills, right, because the parents are doing their laundry, cooking all, their all these things. Then they go to college, and now all of a sudden, you know, dorms are feeding them, but then they're out on their own, and they're like, I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to do my laundry. I don't know how to pay my bills. I don't know how to do all these things. And because the parents have been doing everything for them, um, they're not, they don't adapt well in society they don't you know and the parents then just did a disservice to the kid by you know holding them back so much mm -hmm. and not giving them those experiences and making their own mistakes like now they're on their own and they have no life experience they to don't base know what it to off. do yeah they have no and idea. so a lot of times those those kids fail or they, uh, you know, suicide rates are going up, right? All um, these things, the school shootings, all yeah. of these things. It's it's so unfortunate, you know. But we can we can only do what we can do, you know, for those that are close to us, right? Locally, we, yeah. We can't change the world, you know. If if, and for me as a father to know that I, I have done my best to raise successful, happy, people. Um, that are doing what they want to do, and uh, because they do, the both of them have. What do they do? What are their passions? Man, um, Carly, my oldest, she wants to. She wants to be a, a, a surgeon. Um, she's what got, kind? Does she have an idea? She, well, yes and no. She kind of goes back and forth from like accident reconstructive surgeries mm -hmm. um, to either just regular cosmic surgery, cosmetic surgery. I mean. Um, or it's all of it, trauma, wow. any of it. She's, she's very interested That's in that. Awesome. So she's she's making, you know, her plan, and she's working towards it. You know, she she was just in New Jersey for at sixteen, a, yeah, for a month, hanging out with my my family. I've got a lot of family out there, but she was out there just, you know, kind of experiencing that. I wanted her to go experience that before she just up and made that choice to go live in New York City. You know, I wanted her to go see what it was like for a little while, and mm -hmm. you know, and since I had family there that I trust more than you know anything, I you know, I had no worries whatsoever mm -hmm. about her safety. Um, I sure as hell didn't have a plan at sixteen. That's really impressive. You know, and even and my fourteen-year-old, she doesn't know what she wants to do, but she does. She wants to. <laughs> She wants to own every business in New York. Like she's got these. She, wow. You know she's. And no, she's I bet she can do it too. She, well, she's already taking uh, finance classes at fourteen. At fourteen years old. She wants to be like, uh, like someone who buys and sells Fortune five hundred. Yeah, and she she told me she wants to buy every hospital that Carly works at, <laughs> so that you know she owns, she has control over her sister. Control, yes, that's hilarious. Um, but uh, you know, there's they have so many different wonderful personalities and traits that they could go anywhere. And I think it was because I gave them a little bit longer of a leash, but I still had my eyes on them, and I still was there to say, "Okay, you're falling, but here, let me let's take a different route. If you still want to go here, but this this as this door here is closing." let's try another one you know let's there's got to be another way we could accomplish what you want to do like uh carly's um she she had ideas to get in this uh higher algebra class than what was being offered because she had enough 
points or, or how the academic worked all the way back from her elementary school uh, to graduate early. Um, but because her certain math scores at this elementary school were too low, you know, it kind of halted her plan for a second because it didn't come to fruition, her the class she wanted to take because she wasn't allowed to. So she's like, well, it's kind of a bummer, but, you know, we sat down and we tried to figure out another plan of attack and that's what she's working for now. She's like, well, I'm not going to stop my goal because of this little setback. But I think it was because I was leading by example, essentially. And I think that's that's Because they helped. see you go through setbacks, too. Oh, yeah. And they see how you yeah. come through setbacks. And do you, they see, you know, does dad go to alcohol and drugs and, you know, things like that? Or does dad, you know, go towards, like, positive self-reflection and positive statements and Mm -hmm. getting back up and doing something else you know and they they learn more from what they see of you than what you tell them yeah i agree with that i you know i i did take some classes throughout the years you know just parenting classes and you know and i actually did learn a lot i took a lot of that stuff to heart and it really does make a difference Hmm. you know a lot of people go in there because they're forced to and, and what have you but if you really sit down and you listen to what those people have to say Generally speaking, there's a lot of truth to it, you know. There's always a gem of, of knowledge. So, there is somewhere. Like we were talking about yeah, outside, yeah. like everybody is your teacher. Everybody has something to teach you. Even, even if it's one thing. Yeah, even it's, if it's one thing. Yeah. So I, I, you know, again, that's what I just try to do for them. And then they don't go out partying, you know. And if, if they want to go hang out with a group of people, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it because I've already met the people. I know who they are, you know, all these things. So... Well, that's. I'm. I'm hoping that I've done a good job. I'm pretty sure you have. <laughs> I hope so. So, what's it gonna be like for you? You know, in four years when they're both out of the house. I don't know. It's it's tough. You know. I mean, it was tough for Carly to be gone for this one month. You know, already as it is, but I, I've accepted it, and I know that that's what they have to do. So, I'm just phone call away. You know, try to keep it keep that mentality. Sure, but I mean, like, what are you gonna do with yourself? Oh, sh- I don't know, man. Because you said like. You, the whole last 16 years has been paycheck to paycheck but it has been about them Damn. it has been about I need to do whatever I can to make them happy to provide for them and then when they're 18 you know you raise two brilliant girls who have straight A's and I'm sure when they're 18 and they move out and go to college they're going to figure out how to support themselves pretty quickly I don't hope you so know? Yeah. and now you're going to be left what with what do I do yeah. yeah like what do you do with your time <laughs> what do you do with your money what do you do with what do you do with yourself, you know? Um, do you have any dreams, any visions, any any ideas for what you... Man. Anything like you've always wanted to do but never had the time to do it? Travel, of course. Travel. Where? I, I, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, being such a history person, mm-hmm. I just, I want to go see the history of our world. You know? Where would you start? Probably Scotland, to be honest. Scotland. That's, that's, for some reason, I, I would love to just see the, the highlands and gorgeous area out there it's man. Beautiful. And, and and the history the human history oh that would be amazing mm-hmm. but that's that's what i would probably do is is get a passport and go go to europe go do something nice yeah you know being music and being on the road i just i like being on the road yeah i was kind of built for it you mm-hmm. know so with with music you know drums so it's one thing if you're like a guitarist right you can strap your guitar on your back and 
hitchhike across the country. With drums, you can't strap your drum kit to your back no, and go but anywhere. I got, I got pencils and spoons. Yeah, I was gonna trees. Oh, that's and, true. You know, I got I got everything. Just use your environment. <laughs> yeah, just find whatever you got. So I was gonna say, like, if you're traveling around the world um, and you're, you know, you're not only checking out the history of the human species, but maybe incorporating like checking out the history of music oh, across absolutely. cultures and and going and trying out different drums from different cultures yeah, along your travels. Like, for me, like, these days, every time I travel outside of the state, I always bring a jujitsuki because everywhere I go, no matter what country, no matter what state, there's always jujitsu there. So I'll just drop into whatever gym and learn something awesome. from them, and then I become friends, and then they show me about their culture, and it just opens up doors that way. So I think music can be something like that too That's because it's like a idea. universal language that bonds us you know? it is brings us together it is see laughter love and music those three things bring people together people. and competition competition yes it does yes it does but people that don't speak the same language you know you put those four components together man you can you can you can get along with somebody you, you don't even have to speak you the don't language. have to no you see somebody, you know, headbanging to something, the same time you are, you know, it's that's a bond right there, mm -hmm. you know. It's, yeah, I listen to so many bands that that don't even sing in English, but like just so because, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know it. I, I know it. It's music is a wonderful thing. So, we covered a lot of topics. Today, we did. But we um, did. if you had any like parting words of wisdom, just something that you've learned through life that you kind of like carry with you in your pocket every day that you could share with the audience and maybe it has a ripple effect maybe it doesn't but um what would what would something like that be because we are part of this collective consciousness yeah. right and you you are just as valuable as i am and what you had to say is just as valuable as me and i i what i think i would say man is that you control your destiny don't let anyone deter you from wanting to reach that star because they are obtainable you know dreams are just goals that you have to work towards getting mm -hmm. um, you know if and that and I think parents should nurture their children's twinkle in their eye their dream you know uh, whatever it is if they want to be the best McDonald's manager in the world help them get there you know let let them get that goal um and you know and that goes with any if you want to be the best drummer in the world the best singer in the world go do it nothing is stopping you from doing it mm -hmm. just yourself nice and that's why i think we have all the, the people that we do that do so many different things is because they, that's what they want to do go get it mm -hmm. you know there's nothing stopping you no we need every person to do what they're passionate about we need every yeah. single passion out there just go do it mm -hmm. you know take the time and do the research and and practice and, and dedicate you know times of your even if it's five minutes a day towards something that you want to work for go do it mm -hmm. simple as that well ben i want to thank you again for coming on the show ah, thank you it was Appreciate fun it. yes it was hopefully um more in the future yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. In the new time. studio too, when I get it hooked up. Yeah, man, and you're more than welcome to come and practice too. That's, yeah, I really want to. That's where I'm heading right now. So yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I want to see how you and you and Ryan are. Oh, man. Uh, jamming together. Our these music days. is it's coming together, man. I'm I'm it's getting cool. really happy with it, and the group of guys that we're jamming with. It's great, man. 
Nice. Yeah, I'll have to play for you. Uh, I'm working with a band right now, collaborating on some um, intro songs for the podcast. Cool. And uh, so they're writing them and, and performing them for and recording them for me. So uh, awesome, it's kind of cool to collaborate with musicians, even because I'm not a musician. Of myself, course so. it is. Anytime. Um, well, thanks for coming on. We'll have you again soon. And for all you listeners out there, just remember, control your own destiny or somebody else will do it for you. Absolutely. This is Conversations with the Mind, signing off. Peace. What an amazing show that was. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you go to the YouTube page, you'll see that this episode does not have video segment. I was in the middle of my move. Uh, I moved... uh, houses here in Fort Collins, Colorado. So I was in the middle of my move and I had all my video equipment packed up. So sorry about that. Uh, Look forward to the next episode, which does have video. And go check out uh, Ben's website, 7X Mobile. Uh, It's really cool, guys. Go check out my website, mindops.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S.com. And just check out how cool it was. Ben made that from scratch and he was really helpful. Um, I just... I told him exactly what I wanted, and he made it, and then uh, if any sort of changes need to be made, he was right on it, so he does an amazing service. My mobile app for my website is also amazing, looks way better than some of the other uh, competitors out there, and um, Ben really has that uh, hands-on, one-on-one type service, so go check that out. What an awesome episode. Thank you, Ben, for coming on. Hope to have you on again in the future. Keep on hitting those skins and um guys go check out his music um it's amazing stuff um yeah keep thinking about these topics guys please continue to like and share our stuff donate to the podcast blah 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 all that good stuff go check out the youtube page and uh yeah look forward to the next episode the next episode is our first episode we're going to use the brand new audio equipment so for comparison um listen to this audio quality uh from this podcast and then listen to the next episode and send me some comments let me know what you think is it any better uh i sure hope so um so until next time guys this is conversations with the mind and your host shane lamaster and i'll talk to you guys soon be good to each other